I want you to turn to 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. You know, when my father passed away, one of the things that he wanted put on his, his uh, tombstone, he wanted a few things on there. He was in the Navy and different things like that. Um, but he, he wanted this scripture put on, uh, a couple of these things put on there. But I want you to understand, the Bible says, says, you are children of God, you have overcome them. And because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. How many know the greater one lives on the inside of us? You ought to shout, Amen. That means he's greater than any attack. He's greater than any force, greater than anything that could come against you. The greater one lives on the inside of you. And he says, greater is he that lives in you. How many know he lives in us? When we're saved and we've accepted Jesus, this is the best part, some of the best parts we forget. I know that we have eternal life and I know we're going to heaven, but I want you to know something. The greater one lives on the inside. You know, when you're attacked by the enemy, you need to say that. You need to have that in your mouth. Just say that out loud with me. The greater one lives on the inside of me. Come on, say it out loud. Join with me this morning. Just go ahead and get your mouth open. It won't hurt you. When you confess the word of God, it makes something happen to you. So I want you just to confess it with me. Say, the greater one lives on the inside of me. You're empowered by God. You have the empowerment of the Lord to overcome. You have his power inside of you. Greater is he that lives in me than he that's in the world. You know, the, the, uh, obviously we're, in, we're subjected to things that happen to us, and we fight the world, we fight the flesh, and we fight the devil. Just say that. We fight the world, we fight the flesh, and we fight the devil. How many know we don't fight the devil? Because if God be for us, then tell me who can be against us. And if God's for us, I mean, no, God is for you and lives on the inside of you. Come on, the greater one lives inside of me. I'm going to get everybody in here to say it. I know it might make you a little nervous or whatever to open your mouth in church, but I want you to do it one more time. Say, the greater one lives inside of me. Bless God for that. Amen. Born-again believers, you should stand tall, lift your head up, and stand strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I, I don't let anything stay. It may come, but it isn't allowed to stay. Somebody say amen. Turn over to Ephesians 1, 21 and 22. Listen to this. It says, far above. You know, that ought to be a revelation scripture to you. It ought to be listed inside of your revelatory scripture. For those of you in Sumter watching or Columbia or Georgetown or wherever you may be or here in Florence, listen, you have the greater one living on the inside of you, and the Bible says that you are raised up far above. You know, I, I, I tried this this morning. I was trying to say this without being a little loud. But every time I say it, that word far above is so real to me. It's generated so much inside of me that I'm telling you right now, when I say it, it elevates me. Somebody ought to say amen. I just know that I'm far above, far above all the principalities, all the power, all the might, and all the dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. How many know we've been lifted up far above? I wish somebody would shout that out. I've been lifted up far Come on, y'all don't say it like I'm saying it. Come on, somebody. I've been lifted up far above. Above it. You guys online, far above. 
This ought to be revealed to you that you understand when you get attacked, when the world comes against you, even when you deal with your own flesh, when you deal with the devil, you've been lifted up far above. You've been lifted above all principalities. Not some, not maybe, but the Bible says you were lifted up far above all principalities. Come on, believer. You've been lifted up. Somebody in here really ought to shout. Somebody ought to get excited. Come on, just get it out of your mouth. I've been lifted up. Come on, we had Thanksgiving because the enemy couldn't keep us down. The enemy couldn't tear us apart. The enemy couldn't stop our life. The enemy could, he may come in. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I've got Jesus, Jesus living on the inside, the greater one. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you know it's okay to shout if you're a believer? It's okay to praise God if you're a believer. It's okay to give him glory. You know, when you're down and you're dealing with stuff, just lift your head up and give God glory. Give God praise. Give God delight. Give God honor. Give God worship. And you'll find out it'll break you free. It'll knock the doors open. It'll break the chains off. You know, I was sitting over there and I was just sitting. And the Holy Spirit began to talk to me. And he said to me, I want you to say this to him, so I'm going to say it for those of you that are in this room, and maybe somebody watching me. Have you ever been around people that are friends, and when you go someplace and take them there, they didn't like it? You loved it. Maybe it was a restaurant, or maybe it was a, a, a theme park, or maybe it was someplace that you really enjoy. You liked to go. And you thought, I'm going to take my friends to that place. And when you brought them there, they didn't like it. Have y'all ever had that happen to you? They didn't like it. And the Lord told me to tell you, don't let somebody else's dislike determine your like. Don't let somebody else's decision determine your decision. Don't let somebody, you know, because somebody else might be rejecting what God's putting in you. God might be filling you with something that they don't want. Don't let the they don't want fix your you want. You want what you want. Stick with what you want. Don't you let. Listen, God puts you places. He fitly joins us together. I got news for you. Every piece of the puzzle doesn't fit in every puzzle. You got to be the one that fits in the right puzzle. Don't let other people's dislike mix, mix up your like. I've had wives who bring their husbands to church and the husband hates it. Then they sacrifice their decision to go to a good church, fill themselves with God because they want to go somewhere with the husband. And the husband takes them to some dead, dried up church where they don't have anything. They sit there. The husband doesn't even go. I'm preaching real good. Let's them sit there in a the dead, dry church he don't even go to. Well, I'll tell you right now, you ain't going to determine where I'm going to go. I'm going where God tells me to go. And if you don't want to go, go where you want to go. I'm going to go where God told me to go. I'm preaching real good. God told me to tell you this because some of you will decide not to come to Family Worship Center. Some of you are new to Family Worship Center and it touched your heart. It blessed you. It's blessed your life. And you brought somebody and they criticized it. And you thought, well, maybe they know better than me. Follow your heart. Don't follow their heart. If we didn't need the Holy Ghost, God wouldn't have sent him. Jesus wouldn't have sent the Holy Ghost if we didn't need the Holy Ghost. 
The Holy Ghost leads us and he guides us and he directs us. Not man. Man doesn't lead us, guide us, and direct us. God leads us. God guides us. God protects us. Follow the Holy Ghost for you. If something's happening in you, let that something happen in you. If God wants to change you, let God change you. If God wants to fix you, let God fix you. Don't let some ungodly, unsaved person, unfamiliar with God person, decide where you're going to go. Go where God tells you to go. Somebody need to hear what I've got to say. Some are thinking about going to a Holy Ghost church. And somebody said, well, don't go to a Holy Ghost church. Who are they to tell you where to go? Follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. Somebody ought to say amen. Far above all principalities, all powers, all might, all dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. And he put under our feet all those things and gave him to be the head over all the things to the church. Thank God Jesus came to be the head of the church. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, say I'm the church and Jesus is the head of the church. And every name's been put down. Every disease has been put down. Everything that exhausts itself, I've been put far above. The greater one lives inside of me. Somehow, somebody needs to hear what I've got to say. Somebody needs to understand, you're on your way up. You're on your way out. You're on your way over. I wish you'd just sit there right now. If you're a believer in this room, I want you to say what matters to you. I'm on my way up. I'm on my way out. I'm on my way over. I'm into a new place. I'm going in a new direction. I'm going in a new way. Come on, somebody. If you're in Sumter, you ought to say that out loud. I'm going up. I'm going over. If you're in Columbia or Georgia, I'm going up. I'm going over. Hallelujah. Don't let these moments pass you by. It's not a mistake that I have you all repeat this. I believe it's important that you say this stuff because when you leave here, you ought to be better than you came. I know you weren't in your car on your way to church. You weren't driving and you weren't saying these things. But when you leave, I pray you are. I pray you're leaving. I pray when you leave here that you've been built up, that you've been edified. We ought to edify the body of Christ. We ought to build the body of Christ up. You're going to face something on Monday. You're going to need some help on Sunday. Say, thank God I got some help on Sunday. If you'll say unto that mountain, be thou removed, plucked up, cast in the sea. And if you won't doubt the thing that you say shall come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. And when you pray, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. Come on, church. If you'll say unto that mountain, be thou removed, plucked up, cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but if you believe the thing that you say shall come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. Listen, let me, let me say it again. Because some of you hadn't quite picked it up yet. Some of you all quite hadn't. Maybe you didn't get it online yet. But the Bible says, if you'll say unto the mountain, be thou removed, plucked up and cast into the sea. This is Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in your heart. But you'll believe the thing that you say. But you believe the thing that you say.
but you believe the thing that you, let me say it again, because maybe you're starting to get it. Maybe it's starting to get down on the inside of you. I'll keep saying it until somebody kind of gets it, until somebody realizes what I'm trying to say. But if you believe the thing you say shall come to pass, then you will have whatever you, it didn't say whatever he said. It said what you will say. See, when you speak the word of God, when you declare the word of God, when you open your mouth and say, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. It's not when I say it for you. It's not when somebody else says it for you. It's when you'll open up your mouth. See, when you talk to the mountain and say unto the mountain, be thou removed, plucked up and cast in the sea, and you won't doubt in your heart, but you'll believe the thing that you say, you'll have whatever you say. Come on, somebody. Greater is he that is in me. I've overcome. The Bible says, far above. Far above debt, far above depression, far above struggles, far above. I've been placed above it. He raised me up above it. He raised me over it. He's put me on top of it. Somebody ought to say, I'm coming out. I'm coming up. I'm going over. Come on, say it again. I'm coming up. I'm coming out. And I'm going over. Far above. Mark, 11, Mark 16 says this. It says, after he appeared in the 11 and sat at meat and abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said to them, go you into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. The good news. I want you to know something. It's good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. Somebody ought to say, it's good news. When I tell you that Jesus will set you free, that's good news. When I tell you Jesus will heal your body, that's good news. When I tell you Jesus will take your sins and wash them as far as the east is from the west, that's good news. When I tell you you don't have to live in depression, that's good news. When I tell you that mental struggles and anxiety, you don't have to keep those. You don't have to maintain those. I'll keep saying it because some folks like to hang on to stuff. They like to claim it for their Tuesday and they like to have it for their Wednesday. But if you'll start talking on Tuesday and you'll start speaking on Wednesday and say, I've been raised up far above. I've been raised up above it. Greater is he that's in me. I've overcome. And you'll speak those things and don't doubt in your heart, but believe the things that you say shall come to pass you'll have whatever you say don't stop your talking don't let your lips be silent don't let your tongue stop moving keep speaking the word of God keep declaring the word of God Whew. Whoa. these signs shall follow them that believe These signs shall follow them that believe. I don't care what any theologian tells you. I don't care what they say about this. I'm going to tell you now. I've already seen God do amazing, tremendous, beyond my wildest imagination things. You couldn't beat it out of me. I've, I've, I've been, I, have, I have seen and experienced the miraculous of God. I was driving down the road with Amy. We were coming. We went down for a funeral. One of our friends, a minister, had passed away. We got the news of it. 
felt that we needed to go down for the funeral. So we took a one-day trip down to Florida. Went down and spent some time with Pastor Reggie and the family down there. But as we were coming back, we are coming back through St. Augustine. And we always, my wife always likes to stop at St. Augustine. She's got, you know, we'll go to these outlet malls. You know, what's funny is that a man always pretty much knows what he wants. You take a man shopping, just send him on a hunting trip. Don't, don't, don't let him go in there and hope he can just evaluate stuff and wander around and look at stuff in the store. Men don't like to just go and speculate. We want to shop. But you got to tell me you want a black belt with a metal buckle and it's got to have six holes in it. I can find that. But if you send me into the store and I ain't got no clue, see, anymore I tell my wife, what you want for Christmas, write it down on a list. I'll get it for you. If you just send me down, I don't even know what size she wears. I'm not going through her clothes in the closet to find out. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. See, the women, the women don't understand what I'm talking. The men are like, preach it, pastor. Preach it. Oh, pre- preach it. Tell her. Tell her, pastor. And so we get down to these outlet malls, and she just, you know, what's funny is, is there's, there may be 100 stores, but she only wants to walk through six. Now, I don't know why we went to the outlet mall for six stores, but there's something going on with six stores. We went into Fossil down at the beach, me, Amy, and Emily. Now, the boys were somewhere else. I don't remember where they were. They might have been back in the hotel asleep. But I was going to go with her. You know, you've got to have an anointing to shop. Does anybody understand that? You gotta pray. Men, you should pray and ask God for a shopping anointing. Somebody ought to say amen. It don't come naturally. Somebody ought to say amen. It's not something men just wake up with. We don't wake up with shopping. And so I prayed for this anointing, and, and I've been doing real good. Because she don't really want to go by herself. How many of you men understand when your wife says, you don't have to go. I don't care if you go. She don't mean that. She don't actually mean that. She means, I really want you to go. And if you don't go, we're going to have problems on Monday. That's what she means. And she gets in there, and she's shopping around, and she spent an hour, an hour. I was in there with her. Now, I'm, I, you know, they're all this face mask stuff. I, was, I had my Starbucks coffee. I'm drinking my Starbucks coffee, and I pulled my mask down and drink my Starbucks coffee. And the lady in there came over and said, you have to have your mask up. Now, y'all know me well enough. No, I started to say something. But the Lord came on me. I had an anointing to shop. <laughs> I put my mask back up, kept my mouth shut, and just held my coffee. But I got tired of standing there because I don't know what my wife's looking for. Y'all understand what I have no idea what she's looking for. And so finally I said to Emily, hey, Emily, would you like to go down to Claire's? So we went down to Claire's. My wife still shopped in, in Fossil for about an hour. Now, what do you look at in Fossil for an hour? I mean, she had to see every scratch on every purse, every button that was on every purse. Do I really like this one? Do I really like? Listen, I just ask her now, what do you want? And she tells me, because we can't figure this stuff out. My point is this, that God will help you in every situation. God will help you uh, uh, overcome. And Listen, I know that my wife likes to shop. I better ask God for some help shopping. When God said far above, he was talking about shopping too. I wish somebody would shout out amen. When I talk about you shall open your mouth and say those things that be not as though they were, I'm talking about some of the things we need to do on an everyday basis. We need to understand God's for us, and God wants to elevate us, that we're coming out, we're going up, we're going over, we're having more, and this year is going to be better than last year. How many know this year is going to be better than last year? 
I wish somebody shout out amen. Shout it like you're a real believer, like you really believe it. I tell you, COVID's dead in Jesus' name. I'm not going to stop saying it. I still believe it. I believe we're going to overcome this disease. Some of us ought to shout to God a little bit more. I wish the church, you know, when you think about your life and you're still breathing, you ought to be shouting. So for those of you watching online, maybe you don't understand about coming to the house of God and being in the presence of the Lord and knowing what his word says. But when you start thinking about how God kept you over the last year with a disease they said could kill you and take you out, if you didn't get killed and you weren't taken out, you ought to be shouting amen. You ought to be thanking God. If they didn't take your kids, if that disease didn't get in your mama, if that disease didn't take out your family member, you ought to be shouting and say amen. If you can look next to you and see your son or your daughter, or if you drop them off at celebration, you ought to be thanking God and saying amen. If you got in the hospital and God brought you out of the hospital, you ought to be shouting amen. There's just not enough gratefulness and thanksgiving because God kept us. You're going up. You're going over. You're going further. God said he raised us up far above. So when some deadly thing attacks you, he said, if you believe, you can cast out devils. Speak with new tongues. Take up serpents. And if any drink or deadly thing comes upon you, and lay hands, you'll, you won't be hurt. You'll lay hands on the sick. They will recover. So we're driving down through St. Augustine. Y'all thought I forgot. It's my story. We're driving. Got all the kids in the car. And we're coming up, and there's a bridge. It goes over a railroad track. must have been 30 feet drop, more maybe. And my wife yelled out in the car. She said, this is where God kept us. This is where God protected us. See, you don't always know who's coming behind you. You don't always know who was drunk on the road. You don't always know what's coming right towards you. But God knows. I'm thank God for the Holy Ghost. If we didn't need him, he wouldn't have sent him. If you didn't need him, he wouldn't have sent him. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to be in the presence of the Lord. You need to be in a place where the presence of God touches you. Because if you didn't need the Holy Ghost, God wouldn't have sent him. And I remembered back where we were driving down that road. We, it was late at night. We had decided to come home late at night. Maybe 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning we're driving on this highway. And all of a sudden my wife was driving. She yells out, somebody's going to hit us. Somebody's going to hit us. They're about to hit us. I grabbed the stuff in the car. She's holding on for dear life. And we just knew that the car coming behind us was going to hit us. All of a sudden, I heard this terrible thundering sound. Boom, crash, bang. Are we okay? And we were still driving. It missed us. Somehow that car barreling towards us at phenomenal speed who knows how fast he was going all of a sudden somehow didn't hit our car what we were able to see from the rearview mirror was that he had actually gone off the highway and flown in the air over this bridge down into this 40 foot gully or 30 foot gully i began to pray i said god i thank you that you kept us because i'm far above 
You know, when I make these statements to you, it's not because I just want you to get some ringing in your ear from Pastor Steve. I want you to understand something. You've been elevated far above all principalities, all dominion. You need to hear this. I know there's a thousand subjects, but believers, you need to be built up today. And you need to be encouraged because when you were unsafe, God kept you safe. When you shouldn't have made it, God made sure you made it. When you shouldn't have made it through, God made sure you made it through. I put my wife, I said, I'm going to drop you off and go back. I prayed over that, that person in that other vehicle. God, keep everybody in this situation. Keep them all safe. I drove back, dropped them off the hotel, drove back to where this was going on. Emergency vehicles were there. A totally drunk man was driving the car, was going to hit us, and somehow... I know it was the angel of the Lord. You say whatever you want to. I didn't see an angel, but I know that I know that I. Have any of you got know that you 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 know? Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, that's why we praise God. That's why we say far above. That's why we get elevated in our thinking. God elevates us. That God had kept us. That car had gone off that bridge, landed down in the middle of that gully. We drove, dropped our family off, totally safe and protected. And God kept that man's life. He had zero injuries. And everybody in the end was okay, other than him losing control of his car going over a bridge. Far above. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I'm almost finished. He said, and you shall return to the Lord and shall obey his voice according to all that I've commanded you this day. Thou and thy children with all your heart and with all your soul. Then, that then the Lord God will turn your captivity and have compassion on you and will return you to where you ought to be. I'm just paraphrasing that at the end. Verse 9 down here says this, and the Lord will cause you to have plenteous. In every work of your hand, the fruit of your body, the fruit of your cattle, the fruit of your land, for good. The Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, and he will rejoice in your fathers. I want you to know something. This means a couple of different things. First, I want you to understand that it's time we return to God. Church, online, it's time we understand who kept us in the midst of a terrible tragedy. If you don't understand why you're still alive today, when you went to Walmart, Sam's, when you went down to the grocery store, when you went to football games, when you got out of your house for just a free time and you didn't catch this disease, I believe God kept you. But he says, if you return to the Lord, see, why do we return to the Lord? I, I saw something in the news. They want to take away the rights of some places in, in different areas of our country to even go to church. I want y'all to know something. I've turned off the news altogether. I don't watch none of it. I don't watch, I'm not turning on any of it because I got a book that's full of good news. And I'm just going to stick with the good news. I got a book that's full of, I don't need all that mess. I don't need you to influence my mind. Uh, right now, that's where I'm at. I'm just telling you, I've cut that stuff off. I used to wake up in the morning, flip on the news channel. First thing I did, the first few days, it was kind of odd having nothing to do. Now I figured out, you just pick up your Bible. You know, do something else. I don't watch none of that stuff. But when I see that people in our country want to stop us from going to church, I got news for you. I'm not part of any party. I'm not part of any political situation where you're going to take away church from me. I'm going to tell you right now, the Bible says, forsake not the assemblies of themselves together as the manner of some is and so much the more. I honor the word of God before I honor anything 
else. Nothing comes before the Word of God. You ain't taking church away from me. If I got to stand on a street corner and I got to preach from a street corner, you ain't taking church away from me. You are never going to strip me of my beliefs. He said, come back to him. He said, come back to his word and your captivity will be turned. Listen, you can't recover my captivity. You can't turn around my life, but I know who can far above. I want you to know something. You can't make me far above. There's not a government on earth that can make me far above. But Jesus has made me far above. He lives in my heart. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. You can't make me greater, but God can make me greater. Come back. Come back to God. You that are out there, it's time. Come back. I was glad when they said to me, Don't let no one take away church from you. This is America. We live in the United States. This is not China. This is not North Korea. This is the United States. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There's no one that's going to take church from me. I wish somebody shout out a little bit more. Because God said he'll restore my captivity. He'll restore. See, you might not know where you're captive. You might not know. Today might be a perfect day for you. But if you live long enough, there'll be a day when it isn't perfect. There'll be times when the roses aren't always red and the sun isn't always shining in your life. You're not always walking on clouds. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But I thank God, he said, the Lord will deliver us from them all. Anybody that tells you you're not going to have trouble lied to you. But anybody that tells you greater is he that's in me (laughs) told you the truth. And God said, if you'll come back to my house, come back to me, I'll turn your captivity. See, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came that we could have life. God wants to return us, restore us, and put us in a great place. Listen to this scripture. Deuteronomy 30, verse 3. This is from another translation. It says, then the Lord God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you. God will restore what you didn't even know you lost. See, some people don't understand that there's something God wants to do with you that's more than what's going on in you now. Come on, somebody. And he wants to restore your fortune. There's more. Just say that out loud. There's more for me. This year is going to be a year of breakthrough for the church. I'm talking about for the church. Some people are going to be facing things like judgment, but not the church. No, no. No, 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 no. No, the church is going up. God's lifting us up. God's elevating the church. God's elevating the church. And as we come back to him and hear his word and follow his word, follow his word. God will restore our captivity. He will restore our fortunes. Let me give, listen to another translation, one more. Then the Lord God will have pity on you and change your fate. They might have said that I was subject, because when you go and they make you fill out the, the form at the hospital and the doctors now, did you, does your family have high blood pressure? And does your family have heart disease? And does your family, that might be my earthly DNA. But I have a Father in heaven that can change this earthly DNA to a heavenly DNA. He'll restore my fortune. 
he'll change my fate. What everybody else said about me doesn't mean anything. It's what God says about me. Somebody ought to shout out amen. The word restore is used in this scripture. It's used in this, what I'm saying to you, is defined by W.E. Vine's commentary as this. To give back, to make amends, and to furnish completely. <laughs> God wants us to be furnished completely. I want you to say it out loud. God will restore my fortune. God will change my fate. And God will furnish me completely. Come on, say it out loud. Say it one more time. God will change my fate. He'll restore my fortune. Hallelujah. And furnish me completely. Completely.